You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Come on, Harvey, you can do it. Just say, totally slossom. I'm sorry, Sandin. I cannot complete this task. I do not recognize the command. Slothsome. I created my own word by combining sloths with awesome. See? Slothsome. Are you looking for a recipe for some sauce? Ugh, no. Why is this so hard? Sandin, what are you doing? Oh, hey, Christina. Hey, Molly. I'm just trying to expand Harvey's vocabulary. You? We're just heading over to the studio. Slossum. He's doing it again. Oh, yeah. He's always trying to get us to adopt his word inventions. Sandin, this is just like when you tried to make turdrific happen. Or a cake-tastic. But, but, but slossum is different. Is it? It's kind of a mouthful. Yeah. Can you even say it three times fast? Slossum, slossum, slossum. Slothum, sloth. No, apparently I can't, but I can say it three times slowly. Check it out. Sorry, Shannon. We gotta go. We got a show to tape. See you later. I hope it's slothsome. <laughs> They'll catch on eventually. You are listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly Bloom, and my co-host today is Christina Aru from Miami. Hi, Christina. Hi, Molly. So not only is Christina a Brains On fan, she's also one of the voices of Brains On and Espanol. If you haven't checked it out yet, there are currently six episodes of Spanish Brains On. You can find it by searching for Brains On and Espanol at our website or wherever you get your podcasts. So Christina, I'm curious, what was your favorite fact you learned working on Brains On and Espanol? Learning why our shoes smell. And the reason <laughs> is because our glands get bigger and they can trap more odors. Exactly. You learned so much. So, Christina, you also have another podcast that you host as well, right? Yes. It is called Catalina Starts Young and Famous with Christina Room, and I'm Christina Room. That makes sense. So what do you do on your podcast? I interview young Latinx stars. Very cool. So, like, who are some of the stars you've talked to recently? Um, Natalia Clement and Justina. Well, you're an accomplished podcaster, but you also happen to be a super fan of sloths. So, Christina, what is your favorite thing about sloths? That they move slow. <laughs> Why do you like that about them? Because it's just so cute. They move slow, even though they can't move fast. And they're the slowest mammal on Earth. I am also a very big sloth fan. I wrote a report on three-toed sloths back in third grade and have been in love ever since. And it turns out our listeners are obsessed too. You all send us so many sloth questions. So we're going to start by answering this one. Why are sloths so slow? Thanks to Camilla and Arthur for that question. If there's one thing sloths are famous for, it's being slow. They move slowly, they digest slowly, they even blink slowly. If a sloth were a brains on co-host, the beginning of the show would sound like this. You're listening to Brains On, where 
about being curious. Okay, yeah, we should probably stop there because that could take a while. But yeah, sloths are slow. But it's not because they're lazy. It's because they're really, really efficient. That means they use every bit of energy they have very wisely because it's really hard for sloths to get energy. Yeah, they live in trees and eat flowers and leaves, but those things don't have a lot of nutrients. So they have to make the most of what little they get. For example, sloths have multi-chambered stomachs, like a cow, that let them slowly digest that food and squeeze out every bit of nutrition from this limited diet. They also move as little as possible to save energy. And when they do move, they move slowly. They also have three extra vertebrae in their neck so they can swivel their heads almost all the way around. Another neat energy-saving trick. Why move to see something when you can just turn your head? Sloths have so many fascinating adaptations that let them live in this very specific tree-dwelling lifestyle. Here to tell us more about how amazingly cool sloths are is zoologist Lucy Cook. She's the founder of the Sloth Appreciation Society. Welcome, Lucy. Hello! Hello, hello, hello! What inspired you to start the Sloth Appreciation Society? Well, that's a very good question. I started the Sloth Appreciation Society, it was about 10 years ago now. I felt that sloths were getting a bad rap and that people didn't really understand how amazing they are. And, and I still remember very clearly the first time I, I, I saw a sloth and it, it kind of blew my mind, you know. I mean, I just, I just was mesmerized by how slow they are. You know, as a zoologist, I just wanted to understand them. But also, on top of that, they have these amazing faces <laughs> that look a bit like they're humans, you know, with these wonderful smiles. So, you know, there's a lot to love. We're going to ask you a few questions sent in to us from our listeners. This one is from Ivy in Austin, Texas. How are sloths able to swim? So sloths live on leaves and when they are digesting their leaves, they generate quite a lot of gas. As if there wasn't enough reasons to love sloths. They're the only mammal that we know of that doesn't fart. And so what happens with all this gas is that it, it forms an inbuilt buoyancy device that basically makes them bob along in water. Wow. Could you just describe what it looks like when they do swim? When sloths do swim, it's incredibly cute because they do a sort of a doggy paddle. <laughs> a slothy paddle, I should say, really. The legs don't do much, but the arms do a sort of a, a sort of slothy doggy paddle out the front whilst their big inflated um, fart-filled belly bobs and keeps them <laughs> keeps the body. Um... <laughs> so cute. Yeah. And do they swim like as slow as they do everything else? No, no, that's the amazing thing. What? Is that they can actually, I think it's something like when they swim, they're actually three times faster than they, oh, wow. than they are when they're, on, when, they're, when they're crawling along the ground. So yeah, they, they swim a lot faster than they crawl, which is amazing. Our next question is from Lillian in California. Are sloth babies just as slow as their parents, or do they have more energy like human kids? 
I would say I don't, you know, I don't know the answer to that. So, I mean, how wonderful to be asked a question that's so imaginative that I've not been asked it before and I don't know the answer. So thank you very much for that. I've watched sloth mothers and babies together and the babies are, are also very slow, like their mothers. And, you know, the thing is about being fast is it burns a lot of energy. And when you're a little baby, you want to use all your energy for growing and getting bigger. So my guess would be that they are as slow, if not slower than their parents, so that all of their energy goes into growing into into adults and isn't wasted on 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 whizzing around um, unnecessarily. Luke from California wrote in with this question. Why do sloths have long claws? Well, so sloths have claws because it helps them dangle from trees. You know, sloths are just amazing energy savers. They really kind of wrote the book on sustainable living. And, you know, one of the ways that they save a lot of energy is by hanging from trees. And the way that they dangle is using those claws, which are actually very long and curved. And so they sort of they sort of grip on like a like a like a clothesline peg, and and just dangle there. Levi from Knoxville, Tennessee, wrote in with this question: If sloths sleep upside down, why don't their hands let go when they're sleeping? They just clamp those claws tight and and so i suspect that that's the control of that muscle that clamps that claw and that limb onto the tree that's not controlled by their their consciousness that's something that's a an unconscious control so that it can't be overridden by being asleep marina from milwaukee was wondering how do sloths not get headaches when the blood rushes to their head it's i mean exactly how how do they do that it's amazing right my understanding is is that they have the valves in their blood vessels such that they pump blood against the force of with more efficiency against the, the force of, of gravity. And then the other thing that, that's really cool is because they're upside down, they have these um, really huge stomachs that they eat a lot of food and, and that that because they're upside down could crush their lungs and make breathing really difficult. So they also have Scientists have discovered that they have sticky bits on their ribs that prevent the stomach from collapsing on their lungs and make breathing easier. So they have all of these extraordinary adaptations to leading an inverted life. I have a question. How heavy are sloths? This, so this is surprising, right? So a lot of their size is taken up by their fur. They have a very deep and dense fur coat and that's one of their energy saving tactics that they even though they live in the tropics where it's really really warm they wear this really thick coat like they're an arctic creature and that keeps all their body warmth in so they seem a lot bigger and in fact when you see sloths that have got wet they look like drowned rats i mean they really you can see then and they have these sort of skinny limbs and you know they have this yeah. big old belly which is full of digesting leaves but their limbs are long and skinny so they're actually really light and a three-toed sloth is about the size of a large house cat but it it doesn't weigh anything like as much as as a house cat that is amazing 
Sloths are so cool. And so, you know, as the founder of the Sloth Appreciation Society, do you feel like there's like any lessons that like humans could learn from the sloth way of life? You know, we're all very aware these days about the need to be much more clever and careful about our energy use and how to recycle energy and how to respect the planet. And and, and I just think sloths are really icons of sustainable living. They've survived tens of millions of years on this planet because they, they're really good at saving energy. And so I think they've got a whole lot to teach us about that. And they're the original tree huggers. So they should encourage us all to go out there and, and hug a tree. Thanks for answering our questions, Lucy. I really enjoyed this interview. Really, really good questions. So I'm really impressed. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Thanks, Lucy. Lucy. Sloths have lots of incredible adaptations or biological tricks that allow them to live the most efficient lives. But there's one sloth behavior that confused scientists because it wasn't efficient at all. You see, sloths live their whole lives up in a big, tall tree. Now, about every week, a three-toed sloth will descend, it'll climb down from that big, tall tree, and it'll poop at the base of it. That's Jonathan Polly. He's an ecologist at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and he studies sloths. And then it will crawl right back up. Well, this is really ritualized. By ritualized, I mean it's really every week. It's really something that they do kind of on a weekly basis. This poop behavior was surprising because it seemed to be the opposite of what sloths usually do, which is try to use as little energy as possible. Climbing down a tree and then back up again takes a lot of energy. Why would they do this just to poop? Why not just poop way up in the tree and let it fall down? Plus, being on the ground is dangerous for sloths. They're much more likely to be eaten by predators like a jaguar or dog or coyote. Lucky for us and all curious people everywhere, Jonathan Polly is something of a sloth sleuth. He and his research partner, Zach Peary, started studying sloths about 10 years ago. And one of the things they wanted to understand was why sloths make this weekly trek to go to the ground just to poop. It must be important. There must be a benefit if they're literally dying to do it, but also really working hard to do it too. In just a minute, Jonathan is going to walk us through a sort of scientific detective story. It is a detective story. It was a lot of fun. But first, it's time for your ears to play detective. It's the... Here it is. Okay, super short, so we will hear it again. I feel like it's so short we should hear it three times. Here it is. All right. Christina, what is your guess? Um, my guess is it's something banging against something metal. Mm, wonderful. Wonderful thought. Well, we're going to hear it again, so you'll have another chance to guess in just a little bit. Here 
Get Brains On, we've been answering your questions about the coronavirus for over a year now. This has been a tough and challenging year for everyone, but we hope you've had some moments of joy too, and we'd like to hear about them. We're working on a new episode and would like to hear about the things from this last year that have been a positive force in your life. Was it more time with your family, learning a new skill? Christiners, is there anything that comes to mind for you that was a good thing about the last year? Going out in nature and seeing mm. all different types of birds and animals. That is so cool. Do you have a new favorite bird or animal you've been able to see? I did see a couple of blue jays. Ooh, beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I think nature has really been a big thing for me this year too. And I've really liked being outside in my backyard and seeing the seasons change has been really lovely. Well, listeners, we'd love for you to record your thoughts and send them to us at brainson.org slash contact. You can also send us a drawing, mystery sound, or a question. Like this one. Hi, Brainson. I'm Nadia from Phoenix, Arizona. And my question is, why do ostriches stick their head in the ground? We'll answer that at the end of the show. And we'll shout out the latest group to join the Brains Honor Roll. So keep listening. You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Christina. And I'm Molly. And this is the mystery sound again. I have a new idea on what it is. Let's hear it one more time, and then I'm going to love to hear your new idea. Okay, one more time. All right. What is your new thought? It's a bird. Ooh. Did talking about birds sort of jog that in your memory? Yeah. I love that. And it sounds like a bird's flapping its wings really hard. Mm, excellent guess. You ready for the answer? Yes. All right. Here it is. Hello, my name is Phaedra Myers, and that was the mystery sound of my chicken flapping. Hey! I knew it was a bird! I knew it was a bird! You got it! A hundred percent. I knew nice. it was a bird. Nice work! Really great! It was a bird. It was a chicken flapping its wings really hard, just like you said. Yes! Excellent I just ears. didn't know what type of bird it was. Yeah, so. I think it would be very difficult to identify what kind of bird just by the sound. It seems... Probably impossible. So I think you got it as right on as you possibly could. Well done. <clears throat> All right, we've solved that mystery, but now it's time to solve the case of the perilous poop journey. You recall our detective scientist, Dr. Jonathan Pauly, was on the case. He and his research partner were trying to figure out why sloths would bother making their way to the ground to poop. The first clue, moths. Sloths have a kind of flightless moth living in their fur. A sloth moth, if you will. Like the best roommates, the moths don't play loud music or leave their dishes in the sink. They don't harm the sloth at all. They just keep it company. And it turns out, the moths wouldn't exist without sloth poop. When the sloth come down for its weekly poop, 
female moth will jump down onto the poop and lay their eggs. Now, those eggs develop into larvae, and those larvae then eat the poo. They actually create a really cool chamber within each uh, sloth dung, and it'll eat that. It'll eat the sloth dung for its own energy and its own nutrition. And eventually, it will eat enough and grow enough that it will pupate, and it will turn into a moth. And for one beautiful fleeting moment, this moth, it has the ability to fly. And so what does that flying moth do? Well, it drifts up into the tree. At the top of that tree is often a sloth. And they land in the fur of the sloth. And when they land in the fur of the sloth, they actually lose the ability to fly. Their wings get so beaten up that they're not really able to fly effectively. So then they're stranded. And so the cycle continues. Okay, the moth need the sloth to survive and make more moth babies. But it doesn't seem like the sloth is getting anything out of it. That brings us to the second clue, algae. And so what we realized is that the more moths that a sloth has on its fur, the more algae that a sloth has on its fur. Uh, Sloths carry really thick mats of green algae uh, that make them blend in very well with the trees. The idea being that if you're really green and you carry this algae, is things like harpy eagles, which use vision to hunt, won't see you as well. So maybe you'll be able to avoid being killed. So as these moths live their whole lives in the sloth's fur, they eventually die and start decomposing, feeding the algae on the sloth's back and making it more protected from predators. Now, this is not something that they're thinking of. They're not thinking, oh, I got to go poop so I can keep my algae alive. Not at all. It's one of those indirect benefits that those sloths that do this behavior and maintain their moths have the algae and live longer. And that's how Jonathan solved the case of the perilous poop journey. And it all started with a question. It's good to ask questions. That's what we should be doing every day. And thanks to Jonathan's questions and detective work, we also know sloths are the slowest mammals in the world. But there are some other slow animals that deserve to be recognized as well. Sounds like the perfect time for... So you think you can slow-mo! Welcome back to So You Think You Can Slow-Mo, your top time-consuming talent show. I'm your host, Sid Slothworthy, Let's meet today's contestants. Kenny Koala. G'day, mate. Brock the Banana Slug. Super slime to be here, bro. And Tina the Tortoise. Hiya. Each of you will have a chance to showcase your slowest skills today. So, are you ready for the slow-mo show-off? Oh, you know it. Yes. Bet. Kenny Koala, what will you be doing for us today? Crikey! I reckon my best talent is napping. First, I slowly scale a eucalyptus tree, find an ace spot and get comfortable. Then I'll start to doze off. (sighs) I usually sleep for at least 18 hours a day. And if I get hungry, I'll just nab a bit of eucalyptus to snack on. But, Kenny, isn't eucalyptus poisonous? 
<sighs> well, mate, to most everyone else, yes. But koalas can flush out the toxins, meaning I can eat pounds of leaves without ever getting sick. The leaves don't give me much energy, though, so I have to nap. Wow, Lee, that's mighty impressive. Thanks, Kenny. Uh, Kenny? And he's fallen asleep. Well, on to the next contestant. Here to perform the world's slowest and slimiest samba, it's Brock the Banana Slug. A shimmy to the right, a shimmy to the left. Just look at him slide across that stage. It's taking him ages. I move at a whopping six and a half inches per minute, and that's if I'm in a rush. I'm absolutely mesmerized by your moves. What's your secret, Brock? It's all in the slime, dude. Not only does it help me glide, but it protects me from predators trying to cop these moves. And from eating me. This slime is most poisonous, bro. A defensive dancer. We love to see it. Thank you, Brock. Okay, last but not least, all the way from the Galapagos Islands, we have Tina the Tortoise. Tina, what talent do you have for us? I brought a snack because I'm the most gradual grazer I know. Let me get this straight. Your talent is eating? Well, kind of. I have a super slow metabolism, which means it takes a long time for my body to transform food into energy. I can go up to a whole year without eating or drinking a single thing. Legit lethargic! That is one slow stomach! And now we wait. This could take a while. Looks like that's all the time we have for today. We'll check back in with Tina in a couple of weeks. Thanks for watching. So you think you can slow-mo. Sloths aren't lazy. They just live extremely energy-efficient lives. They have all sorts of amazing adaptations that allow them to live happily and slowly up in the trees. Three-toed sloths make a dangerous pooping journey once a week, but they do it in support of their moth friends and algae camouflage. Just like sloths, other animals use their slow nature as a way to survive. Wow, <laughs> these facts are totally slothsome. Anybody? Come on! Oh, Sandin. That's it for this episode of Brains On. Brains On is produced by Manicum Wilhelm, Sandin Totten, Mark Sanchez, and Molly Bloom. We had production help from Ruby Guthrie and Christina Lopez, and engineering help from Veronica Rodriguez and Alejandro Juan. Special thanks to Kathy Aru, Lupe Dos Santos, Rosie DuPont, Paul Guthrie, and Jack Silvernagel. Brains On is a nonprofit public radio program. You can support the show at brinson.org slash fans. 
There, you can find links to donate or join our free fan club or check out our new Brains On merch. We now have Brains On shirts, baseball hats, and face masks. And you can buy the Brains On book there, too. That's brainson.org slash fans. Now, before we go, it's time for our moment of um... Why do ostriches stick their head in the ground? That's a very good question. Um, so my name is Sushma Reddy, and I am the Breckenridge Chair of Ornithology at the Bell Museum that's at the University of Minnesota. Ostriches don't do that for, to avoid things. What they're doing when they bury their heads is probably one of at least three things. One is that they actually lay their eggs on the ground in a nest that the male scrapes out and they lay eggs in, in this nest. And so they use the, um, their bills to turn the eggs and as they're incubating them and as they're, um, as they're taking care of them. And so they're probably bending down to turn eggs. Uh, another reason why they might do that is to eat, right? Um, so they're eating by bending down, but sometimes they're also ingesting little bits of rock and they use that to help in digestion of the, the things that they eat. They eat plants mainly and so they need um, a little bit of extra help to kind of um, get that grinding in their stomachs. Finally, you know, they have really long necks and so they often kind of lift their heads up and curve it down to look around so they can get different angles. They have really good eyesight and so Using their necks in different angles will help them to um, really get a good view of what's around them if there are predators around um, and um, help them to see what they need to see. Um, um, um. I'm looking at this list from every possible viewpoint and it looks amazing. This is the Brain's Honor Roll. These are the incredible listeners who share their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives with us. Kendall from Mahomet, Illinois. Yu Chan from Cupertino, California. Keaton from Bowmanville, Ontario. Eleanor from Calabasas, California. Libby, Daniel, and Caroline from Waltham, Massachusetts. Marielle from Seattle. David from Portland, Oregon. Etta from Wilmington, North Carolina. Natalie from Pittsburgh, California. Elliot from Sauk Rapids, Minnesota. Madison and Emily from Skokie, Illinois. Briar from Nashville. Claire and Molly from Edina, Minnesota, Evan from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Lexi from League City, Texas, Christopher from Little Rock, California, Callie from League City, Texas, Mamie from Monticello, Minnesota, Zoe from Cleveland, Ohio, Caitlin and Dakota from Littleton, Colorado, Penelope from Williamsburg, Virginia, Abigail from Seattle, Alice from Newport, Minnesota, Cooper, Graham, Henry, and Miller from Sugarland, Texas, Hadi and Alicia from Wellington, New Zealand, Sequoia and Maya from Ojai, California, Colette from Allentown, Pennsylvania, Beatrix from Portland, Oregon, Maya from Victoria, British Columbia, Isabel and R. Lee IV from Chicago, Sky from Brooklyn, New York, Taylin from Auckland, New Zealand, Maya from Toronto, Oliver and Dane from Lakeland, Florida, Audrey from Wellington, New Zealand, Alice from Aiken, South Carolina, Aya and Sam from Oakland, California, Amelie from Ottawa, Eamon and Ainsley from Lakewood, Colorado, Sophie Charlotte from Jeffersonville, Indiana, Fox and Finley from Kalispell, Montana, Shelby from Houston, Texas, Serenity from Carrollton, Texas, Celeste and Claire from Melbourne, Australia, Ophelia from Newberry, Vermont, David from Amarillo, Texas, Owen from Brooklyn, Massachusetts, Evie and Caleb from Chandler, Arizona, Hannah from San Francisco, Pierce from Santa Fe, New Mexico, Quinn from Hamilton, Ontario, Dimitri from Houston, Texas, Luca and Juno from Bladensburg, Maryland, Colin from Jamestown, Colorado, Emma and Olivia from Cary, North Carolina, 
Ava from California, Evan from Calgary, Alberta, Colin from Bermuda, Corin from McQuinago, Wisconsin, Arthur from Bismarck, North Dakota, Ryan from Camas, Washington, Liam and Damien from Sydney, Australia, Nellie from Texas, Abby from West Hartford, Connecticut, Cody and Rosie from Columbus, Ohio, Grace from New Lenox, Illinois, Robert from Marcellus, Michigan, and Neve from Keene, New Hampshire. We'll be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.